Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am the founder of a business called the Career Happiness Mentor. And within this podcast, we explore themes around career happiness, confidence, well-being, and so much more. Not only do I do one-to-one personalized episodes to really, really support you as a listener, but you will have the chance to listen to really, really amazing guests from all corners of not just world, but different industries. It's really, really important that you are not only happy in your career, but you make time to progress in a way that feels right for you. So if you want to have more energy in your career, change your career, find out more about how to potentially start a business or even help your teenager with careers advice, this is the podcast for you. Thanks so much. Oh, hello, everyone. I have the lovely Ravneet with me here today. Hey, Ravneet, how are you? Hey, Soma. I'm really good. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Awesome, awesome. So you and me have known each other for a while. You're, you've been one of the people, I want to say, very happily and proudly. When I was on Facebook a lot, you used to interact with me and engage with me. And then obviously when I lost my Facebook and Instagram account, you still stayed in touch, which was really kind of you. I was mortified. And, oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I went on to LinkedIn because I was like, I will never hear from her or see her, like if she's not on those platforms. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It was it was it was quite a tough time, I remember. But um, it was really lovely that you stayed in touch and then now that I'm back on Instagram it's just been really really great to reconnect and just meet you a few times so I wanted you to just come on here and not just champion for what you do um, but also to you know tell us a little bit more so can you tell us a a little bit more about your own career journey and what kind of led you to becoming a nutritionist and health coach? So I, I love this story and you know I'm three years in sometimes you you, you sometimes forget your early days. I don't know if you have that, but mm-hmm. um, like the small nuances, you know, that, that nudge you, the nudge you, the little inner voices that nudge you, you forget them. Yeah. So I was the typical South Asian girl going to tick all the little, you know, list of being the, the good girl, go to school, go to college or, you know, sixth form, uni, and then I got a job in a bank, which was like this dream. Did you ever want to work in a bank? No. (laughs) Okay, because I thought that was like every girl's dream, like to count money. Hmm. (laughs) So this is the thing, right? I've got these like huge feminine influences or like these influences externally. Um, And then I joined the BBC, which was a really great experience. Mm -hmm. I was working in the governance team. So I went into something really non-RAVS personality. Could you imagine me in policy and governance working for a board of governors? Like, no. <laughs> I, you know, you're laughing because I was like this pataka, right? That's like a firework, just like yeah. zest for life. And you're obviously carrying around some hyper energy from you know, traumas that we all go through. Yeah. And it was like chalk and cheese, but I learned so much there. Um, it's been one of my favorite work experiences. And then I went on to local council and I did 
that because it was a dream that my dad worked in the council and I wanted to work in a council. Did you ever want to do what your parents did? Your dad's super cool. Your parents are super cool. I'm not sure really because I think it's weird because I ended up in education, as you know, but I didn't want to be a teacher because it's just so much paperwork and, you know, academia, but probably not. Um, (laughs) I studied history so it was like a natural thing a lot of us went into teaching and I didn't want the paperwork like you described so there Mm. was something in me that wanted to teach and I think what I'm doing now is really connected to that but Mm. I went on to like an almost 20 year um, work experience in governance and it was in local then I went into housing and adult social Mm. care for Islington Council and I really loved the parts around adult social care my mm. heart really felt into the families and the situations that they were in. Wow. And then coincidentally, my brother-in-law was diagnosed with um, cancer. I had um, my own weight struggles after the two pregnancies. And I just thought, you know what, I want to go and find out the science. I am done trying to wing this weight loss game. It was making me miserable. I had to put so mm. much of my worth in my weight. That I thought, go, go, go get the science. Um, and I loved it. I basically was studying a diploma. And this, uh, I asked my friend if he wouldn't mind me being my case study. He mm. was doing a triathlon and then said, you should do this for people. And I was like, really? He just planted the seed in my head, like, you can do this. Because I was still doing my other full-time job. Hmm. So my intention was personally to learn about nutrition and weight loss. Then it mm. became, well, why don't you start a business for yeah. sports persons? Mm. But I never in my soul wanted to create skinny people so even then it was helping sports athletes to perform better Mm. it wasn't for people Mm. to lose weight but that quickly consumed me because the moment I started my business what did women want to do Soma to lose weight if I talk about anything else it would come back to that in the dms and yeah it's, it's taken me out of alignment a lot of times because you then try to give people what they Mm -hmm. want but if it's not true to you it doesn't resonate with them even yeah yeah so here I am three years on I want to support women in what they want to do and if they want to lose weight it's about the deeper reasons to why I don't want to create an army of skinny people what I want you to do is improve your health without going on strict diets mine is all about oppression the oppression of diets the oppression of trying to look a certain way the oppression of trying to fit the mold and freeing Mm -hmm. women from that yeah, yeah. Can can you give us um, like an example of a, a kind of message that would have come in your DMs that's around the weight loss or around looking skinny? Because I know that when you did a talk at Deeper's event and you spoke about kind of fat shaming and stuff, um, it really resonated with me. Can you give me an example? Because I think the listeners who are listening, especially the professional women I work with, I know yeah. that they have these challenges and it'd be great to, to to kind of speak on that and hear on that a little bit. Oh, my God. I love the way you've actually mentioned professional women. This mm. now is statistically proven. The, a woman's weight and what she looks like is statistically proven to have a negative impact or outcome on her career and her yeah. opportunities. Mm, doesn't surprise me, haven't it? It doesn't surprise me. And it hurts, me. right? It like we've we're had, so we judge so much at work, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, when I, I, I guess I was a little bit naive because when I read that, I was like, I know, but it's still hurt. And I was like, why does it still hurt? Because you know. So they will write me and say, I'm really stuck. I really need to lose some weight. And it's really, um, can you feel the contraction? I really need to lose some weight. Yeah. 
yeah. your chest kind of got, and I've tried mm-hmm. so hard. I'm stuck. I've lost 22 kgs. This is an example just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I regained five kg. God. Now you tell me, Summer, what do you take from that woman's story in that really brief message? Uh, you know what? That just that, that kind of just sounds like me a little bit because my weight's been fluctuating where I have those days. So what I take from that is that, oh, I've lost the weight, so I feel really, really good and I feel really, really happy. But if put it on again, it's that kind of that self-esteem thing going down, Ravni. That's what I am seeing and yeah. the confidence. Like, oh, I was I, I, in my body, I felt more confident when I lost the weight. But actually you're overthinking because everyone around you you think is skinnier or is slimmer, but yeah. are they happy? You know? Oh, that's, that's, that's what question. I think. Anyway. And so mm. when I, I immediately know energetically there's something is out of alignment in this person's life, right? And this is often yes. true career-wise. Yeah. There is something mm. that is not sitting well with them. They are potentially like I was doing a job for 20 years that is not singing to their heart. I loved my job yeah. when I was in that job. It was those last few years when I found my own real passion that I was like, oh, and then I obviously left my corporate career for this. But, yeah, you know, you can love it until you then start bending and, and shaping into a new identity where you want a bit more. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, your, your lifestyle changes, you're distracted. I don't know, like yeah. people when they are applying for jobs could end up binge eating, emotional eating, feeling really vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. And so what yeah. I took was that this lady who lost 22 kgs, like a round of applause, that's not easy. I was like, wow, don't see yourself as a failure because of the regain because you are still lighter than when you started. Yeah. Um, I yeah. know from my profession and the experience that the regain of the 5 kg might very well be her body's natural set point. Mm where it wants to be comfortably. And now she may just need to tweak the way in which she's choosing to change her body, right? Yeah. And that's where I help people look at the holistic picture. Okay. How much stress are you under? How much sleep do you get? Hmm. What are you saying hmm. to yourself every day? Who are you hanging out with? How are the things that you're doing actually making you feel? How many times are you saying yes to things that do not serve you? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, Ravdi, it's it's very interesting because the one thing that you said is you wanted to make sure that you weren't just catering to people, you know, losing weight or having that kind of skinny type of mindset, as I'm going to yeah. call it, if you don't mind. Um, no, I like was, that. Was there a kind of, because your company is called Neat Nutrition, was there a kind of specific purpose or reason behind why you wanted your own business? Oh my God, so many reasons. So after my brother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer, I realized life is really short. He did pass away Mm -hmm. five years after his diagnosis. And um, it was that year of his passing that I thought, you have put so much into this. You're, you know, stop with the imposter syndrome. You are achieving results. So I do help women lose weight. Like people do. The weight loss is a byproduct of realigning to your core values. Hmm reassessing your identity, feeling confident in who you already are. The quote, you know, the curious paradox is that when you stop trying to change, you change. Yeah. It's Mm. that. It's teaching women to have self-compassion, to be able to acknowledge their dreams and the things they want to do and Mm. stop beating themselves up with their own 
thoughts every single day. And it just got stronger and stronger and stronger, this voice. So I thought, I want to do that. I don't want to go into the office nine to five. I want to do school run. And I want to wear gym wear all the time. Like, I know this sounds really (laughs) lame. (laughs) I was like... I love being in gym wear. I feel so good. And I want to practice yoga and I want to do things. And then we went into lockdown. Hmm. So, so more kind of inadvertently manifested that reality because I could wear gym wear and <laughs> I could now practice my business more. Um, hmm. I didn't have to run into an office and spend two hours of travel every four days a week. So things really did change for me. And then the push came to shove when one of my high school friends was like, had me on her podcast and was like do you realize you need to be doing this full time and I was like Ooh. I, mm. and I did I took a real leap of faith yeah. and I just went for it wow. wow it's the balance right as a woman mm. I don't know like mm. as a working woman right and I you know I love what you I love when you spoke about the the idea of what it's going to be like as an entrepreneur doesn't always meet the reality I was yeah. more busy and more self-consumed, like thought-consumed because of the business and running the business. So mm-hmm. in anything that we do, if we lose a little bit of alignment, we will still be overwhelmed. So I just want to kind of put that disclaimer out there. It's not for the yeah. faint-hearted <laughs> like, at yeah. all. And, and do you think it's interesting that you've highlighted that as a point, Ernie, uh, because I'm seeing more and more people on LinkedIn and even just in general, I've been reading more articles about entrepreneur and business burnout. Do you think that maybe there was an element of burnout there? Oh my, oh wow. I I mean, was there? I now speak about it because, you know, often you don't know you're Hmm. going through it until you're on the other side. The burnout was significant and it hit me in 2021, around Hmm. April, and it's taken me almost two years. This is why you can see the difference in the energy on my posts at the moment. Yeah, I've done so much nervous system regulation and healing because there's nothing like a business to bring out your trauma. I, nothing like a job, you know, if an unhappy role as well, that will bring out your trauma because things will trigger you. People can trigger mm. you. I mean, that's how I, the reason I kind of really resonated with you way back mm. when, because, you, you know, you and I met at the start of my journey, is you were the first person that was talking about the bullying. And, and that can happen, isn't in the entrepreneurial space, women, mm-hmm. and we just said this before we jumped on, right? Not everyone is pulling out a seat for you. No. Some people will come for you online and they will subliminally bully you. There's a lot of competitive um, yep. scarcity element out there too, even mm-hmm. though there's 7 billion in the people in the world and we, we have got sufficient numbers of people to work with. Yeah, 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 no, no. And I, I totally agree with you. I think that we need to pull out a seat at the table, but, we need to not we need to have less Regina George type personality oh. as I'm gonna call them. Mm-hmm. And we need to have more people who are like Michelle Obama type personalities. Oh. And I am bringing out the, the cultural appropriation kind of things here or cultural <laughs> stereotypes. But what I mean is, you know, the way that how warm she is. She's like a warm hug, isn't she, yeah. Michelle Obama? And the way she just embraces everybody. We need more people like that, I think. Uh, yeah, so in what you said about LinkedIn the mm. and, and burnout and this because there are people out there selling you and I'm going to use the examples of business and weight loss overnight remedies overnight cures at a cost they mm. are preying on people's vulnerabilities and yeah. our desires I will give you this body in three months 
No, I always say to people, the results you're going to achieve are going to be based on the actions you take and the information I provide you. It mm. is a two-way process, mm. but there's no guarantees. You've just got to be curious. My statistics and my history show that I get great results for my clients, but we have to be an energetic match. We have to be ethical in who we agree to work with. Mm. And then there's yeah. people, oh, yeah. go get six figures with me. Come work with me, but pay me a thousand pound a month. And there's no guaranteed return yeah. of investment. This True. leads to burnout True. because if you are trying to execute strategies as I tried to do when I had a very um, pricey and yeah. and burnout experience with the coaches, they were trying to get me to utilize methodologies I didn't want to. I am not going to cold DM anyone. I am not selling in DMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you know what though Ravdi you're not saying anything wrong here when you're when when you're saying that because you know I've recently recorded a couple of episodes I did one about five truths about business coaching and another one recently about are you spending your money um you know appropriately in your business yes. the thing is is I'm not I'm not advising people to not work with coaches or to not be part of masterminds when I was recording these episodes it was yeah. more to kind of just expose the lid on some of these practices don't work. The cookie cutter approaches don't work for certain types of people who have you particular type of bespoke businesses. Like you've got a very bespoke business. And I think with a lot of the things that you're kind of doing, yeah. do you think that the clients that you're engaging with you know, what you just said that you want not going to cold DM, if they're supposedly, let's just give an example here, me just thinking, if they're supposedly they, like somebody like me, for example, you know, I'm very open about my endometriosis. If I was to come to you and I've just been diagnosed and I've had all this stuff and I came to you and I said, oh, Ravneet, I, I need help to just feel fitter and healthier. If you cold DM'd me one day, how do you think someone like we'd, someone like me would feel? You know, do you think that would be... Like, oh, okay, cool. Or do you yeah. think I'd just ignore the message? How, how do you think they'd feel? Yeah. I hate people cold DMing me. Mm. You're the first person I'd worked with. He said to me, £55 per hour and yeah. I'll, I'll coach you. I was nearly falling off my seat. I didn't want to invest £10 back then, but I knew I needed some guide guidelines if I was going to yeah. consider making yeah. it a thing. You know what he taught me? He was like, how do you like being sold to? do that and that Mm, still sits with me today and I loved Mm, his content he was just giving us advice all the time no expectations he didn't even coach people I went to him brilliant and if it feels icky to you then it's going to feel icky to them but in Mm. the desperation of wanting my business to work I was like, it's them. They know the strategy. They're the gurus. They're the right people. Do it, Bav, do it. I ignored my intuition. Mm. Oh, so uh, if you are doing anything that goes against your intuition, workouts, food, if you are doing something that gives you the ick or it just doesn't feel good, mm. the results are going to be really weak or none. Yeah, can I, can I ask you a question, um, Ravdi? Something I was listening to James Smith's podcast. Do you know who James Smith is? Yes, PT. I do. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah, doesn't? I, I, just in case, because I know he has a big following, but some people might not know who he is or who listening to the podcast. I have a controversial example, so. view in history with him, but go on. Let's ask the question <laughs> first. Um, I was listening to an episode that he did about 
like um, fat loss and women's health. And I found it interesting that he spoke about, and I know he's a bloke and he probably has got hate for talking about the whole, you know, cycle, women's cycle and fat loss and all that kind of stuff. When you're working with your clients, do you do you look at um, an overall view of maybe when they're going through um, parts of their stages of their cycle and how that fits into their nutrition? Do you work do you work around that, Revni? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I and and that's actually when I came to liking him because I didn't like him before. I, it's, it's, it was just because he did what it, he you do to get seen and to get yeah. your message out. So I respect that. And he's right. created a very successful business and he's got very good results for his clients. And I mm. loved seeing that he mentioned it because when I did the Joe Wicks way back mm. um, 20, 2019, mm. I think it gave me more disordered eating because it didn't mm. account for my cycle. And if you are not measuring your body around your menstrual cycle, which is not a clean four weeks like Joe Wicks mm. was having us measure, you would look at your pictures and your measurements and think, shit, like I yeah. haven't achieved a thing. But I would just bloated because it was before my period. Nobody mm. explained it to me. Yeah. yeah. So I love yeah. that he's talking about it. And I think men should be talking about it because I think mm. I, I'm all men, if you are interested in the women in your lives, mother, sister, friend, work Definitely. colleagues, wife, mm. daughter, you got to get your, your head around it. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, interestingly, Stephen Bartlett did a podcast with the, is it the Magic Doctor, the Miracle Doctor? And mm-hmm. I loved it because I was like, Shit, wow, like she's sharing everything I do. People mm-hmm. assume I come in, look at your food, um, tell you to work out and done. No, mm-hmm. I tell you to go into your narrative. What stories and beliefs are you holding about yourselves that Mm. you are saying, I'm lazy, I'm fat, I've always been the fussy eater, I've always been moti, big, you know, know, dark, skinny, tall, short, fat. They have picked up so many labels. This is detrimental in the workplace. This is detrimental Mm. in your marital, sexual, romantic relationships. It's detrimental to your parenting and it's detrimental to your body. Mm-hmm. so we Definitely. start underneath the belief system and then we do we work the whole program around your menstrual cycle if mm-hmm. you do not have a menstrual cycle if you are uh, past men- uh, menopause or yeah. you've had hysterectomy then we still track what's happening for you on a week-to-week basis mm-hmm. everybody has an internal season women have four seasons every month yeah 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 and, and I, I think that. it's yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what no, no, were you no. saying? Yeah. No, I, see, I just, I love that you asked that. I, I, I just love that it's coming out into the mainstream. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's interesting, like, that a lot of women still don't know about those four stages, like the luteal stage, the follicular stage. Obviously, most women know about the ovulation stage mm-hmm. and the menses stage, but the other two they don't know about. And I think it's that education piece that we, that that's missing a little bit, um, Ravneet. Um, yeah. And then I, I wanted to ask because I think that I have a lot of women who, even if they don't have endo or PCOS, they still have painful periods, right? And they're trying to yeah. work out, they're trying to lose weight, they're trying to be like professional women. But what I'm seeing now, Ravneet, since COVID is most women are doing hybrid working. So they're working sometimes at home, they're going yeah. to the office or they're going occasionally for important meetings. And they keep on telling me that same way, like, I love my work, everything is great, but I don't have time to work out. So what would you say to women who are in that position, who don't, who feel like they don't have time, in inverted commas, to work out, yeah. to have good nutrition? What would you say to them? 
Um, so I'm totally in the bank of time is a construct, right? Yeah. Like I am in that kind of space. However, mm. um, for women of color, 24 hours doesn't look the same as it would mm. do for a non person of color. That's just the fact. It's because of our cultural programming. Definitely. And there's a perception of overwhelm I'm picking up in these in these women whereby mm. you and I know what we prioritize, we make time for. You know, if your friends are like, oh, let's go for a glass of wine after work. Yeah. You're like, okay. Or if you have to fit in a doctor's appointment for your child, women drop everything for their kids. True. So what I would say is, I personally, work on your nervous system. Okay. You've got to get ahead of that feeling of not having time mm. because that's where really it's a make or break because if you feel you don't have time and you're pushing yourself to go to do the workout, your body won't respond because you're coming from what we call a fight or flight because mm. if you're rushing to work, come home to work, days at home, I've got to do the laundry, I've got to put the food on, this is how I feel. Also, I want to fit in a school run because I want my kids to know I picked them up from school. Yeah. When am I going to fit this workout? Like I, I did it just this morning, Soma, right? I, I went before you and, and I, luckily, you know, afterwards I've got my hairdressers. I've had to do some really, really internal thinking there. Like, mm. what are you doing? You know, you are not going to benefit by rushing here to there. So I've yeah. made these things non-negotiable. Wow. Mm. And you can't do that until your body feels safe to let it in. Yeah. employment becomes this priority we do an exercise with the rocks the pebbles and the sand and jay shetty mm. recently had a video on this so i've been yeah. doing this for years and your big rocks are earning money mm. time with loved ones yeah your health mm. and your rest mm. but i find women just put this huge rock of work mm. right in that jar Definitely. leaving very little space for the sleep friends mm -hmm. and family and health yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so bring your nervous system back down into regulation and that there's many things you can do with for that like breathing walking on the grass just journaling out what it feels like like in your mind what are these tasks mm -hmm. and you've got to keep doing this consistently and then just set yourself a three minute i'm going to go for a walk just feel like <laughs> i'm going to walk up my actual road yeah Mm. build on it and eventually what it is by just doing the action of leaving the home with your trainers mm. on might make you feel better that you'll do it more that's how I got back into it I had a two-year like gap from working out yeah October yeah. I just put on the active 10 free NHS app and I was like mm. I'm just gonna do it before I pick the kids up I'll just do one road I'll yeah. walk around the playground and then mm. it just built and now it's taken six months but I'm back in the gym and I've got a PT brilliant so go incrementally. Don't mm -hmm. look at the top of the mountain. Just choose a small step at the bottom of action. Like, what can I just do yeah. today? Mm -hmm. And then it depends on your lifestyle, to be fair. Yeah, and you know what? I'm really, really glad you mentioned that because I think it's those incremental changes. I noticed after lockdown, I wasn't going for walks because I just felt a lot of anxiety because I suffer from anxiety myself and I realized that I have to take it step by step so I would time my walks or everything I would do like yeah. 15 minute walk 10 minute walk and then I was able to do like a whole hour walk on my Fitbit I would time like oh my god I've managed to do an hour um I've had to again retrain myself because I recently had surgery but I find that even just doing that helps my um mental health so much and when I don't go on a walk oh boy 
do I feel the difference in the dough and my energy just plummets. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you, because we were having this discussion, do you remember on DMs, we were discussing about like um, bloated bellies and things like that, because you did a really, really great story about this um, and you were talking about, you know, people thinking that sadly that you were pregnant when you had a bloated belly when you didn't. And I shared this story with you about recently um, after I had my operation, this nurse, when I was having a scan, thought I was pre- like thought I was pregnant because of my bloated belly, and it was just, oh, it was so horrible because it was literally after my gynecological surgery, which she knew about. Made me so angry, so I was like, oh my god, yeah, which she knew about because she'd seen my notes. So I was just like, where is your bedside manner, number one? And then yeah, the the other thing that she did that I felt really really uncomfortable about is she made me feel really uncomfortable when she goes she asked the next question oh so you don't have any children and then I go no and it was like this horrible kind of look of sadness on her face and I was like you don't have to feel sad for me I'm fine but what I was going to ask you is with regards to the bloating and the different body shapes that we have right I see amazing women posting these pictures however I'm still finding that we are being judged by our appearance because yeah. of bloating. And I'll give an example of what I mean by this, Revni. Like, so when you have a condition, like an inflammation condition like um, I had, endometriosis or even menopause, yeah. you even had like swelling or water retention in your face, right? Because you could be going yep, through menopause and things like that. What do you think we could be kind of doing to, to open up the conversation around this because i know you do brilliant posts but what do you think is the further thing that we can do to women to not feel shame about these things so this is this is like centuries old and this eurocentric ideal like eurocentric beauty ideals that are impressed across the world Hmm. it is really ingrained in society and that is this belief that we should be fairer taller slimmer and flat stomachs and I do post about this because I feel really passionate about this because I really struggled with my weight as a child. And, mm. um, do you know, and I wasn't big. I've not been in a larger body, so I don't even know the prejudice yeah. that these women experience. Fat bodies are just subject to the worst, worst abuse. And, um, th- and there's a lot of uh, women doing work around this. So number one, it would be to follow some of these more... I know it's called the body positive movement, which was also co-opted by by the whites, but by the whites. But you know, it was co-opted again by this Eurocentric. Uh, where we've got your back, and it's not. It came from LGBT marginalized communities, people of color. Mm-hmm. So follow some of these pages that are talking about body neutrality, body positivity, fat positivity, because they have such great pages. Like there's one, um, fat fertility, which I often recommend people who I'm working with to follow because again even when you're in that fertility journey medically there's so much discrimination and negative language Um, and based on BMI you might be denied certain things or told you can't have or do certain things which is not true so it's great that page for knowing your rights Um, and again uh, then it's being honest and open with your peers if you can like it's when we take our masks off Hmm. I was the one that wore the stomach tuckers that made me get diarrhea on a New Year's Eve party because it was so tight. I was the one that would hide every bump and lump. And I was not in a big body, but I always had a belly. So I have had a belly from 
way like young mm. and so women carry the weight there because um sometimes it doesn't want to wrap the fat around your organs which is a good mm. thing it's a protective measure and they, they talked about this in the podcast i mentioned mm. but also when we look at prehistoric architecture and um, sorry like design models what they call them figures right yeah in paintings women had bellies it's mm. it's trying to get more of this information out there and also dressing to not disguise and not hide it's okay to wear clothes that are not slimming it's okay to wear clothes that are floaty and it's okay if people see your your bellies but do you know what i think i was really sad that that woman did that to you because in that profession i just think wow have some more compassion and this is what it is it's about raising people and mm. sharing with people around you to be more compassionate and more kind yeah yeah my, my son thinks i look pregnant in things and i say to him baby like <laughs> oh, yeah he would just say it and i'll be like clothes are designed for being comfortable yes. they're not designed to make mummy look smaller i'm i'm glad you're having that discussion with 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 your with your son because this is what i was going to say it doesn't mm. stop at women we've it's got to be mm. everyone yeah yeah and and we've got to like it's like for example like when i was young i remember my mum would use the fat word she yeah. would just she would say more kinder language not be, because you know there's a lot of kind of triggering points when you use the fat word that word yeah. basically there's nothing wrong with it but i think some people can be easily triggered by that one thing yeah. that i wanted to ask you with regards to the workplace going back for a minute you've mentioned some really interesting things here but if a woman was being judged because their appearance had changed suppose maybe post pregnancy or post surgery or just going through the menopause and you know they go back to the workplace and they notice people you know maybe making comments or yeah. even feeling invisible because i hear this a lot whilst you enter into your 40s i'm going to turn 40 this year and i'm i'm already feeling this a little bit already about yes. not in a bad way it's just part of life right we just have to be I okay with relate. it i'm fine with yeah. it I'm very when you're getting to that kind of stage in the workplace how how do you think we can navigate that because i hear this a lot from women who are in that perimenopausal stage yeah do you know this so don't pause for menopause is a great movement by mira bogle i think there's getting we're getting a lot more also um women of color in this space so um i also just saw our menopause perimenopause policy updated at my nhs role which was really reassuring so actually i would say to everybody go and have a look at what policies are already out in your workplace if they are lacking something that seems to be relevant in the menopause and perimenopause um space just go out there and ask or look around um so maybe something that i could kind of look into and then uh, contact hr and look at becoming part of the 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 change and um or you know giving some time towards reviewing or updating a policy or finding mm-hmm. some policies because that's really important that is your legal your yeah your employment right right first of all second of all I think like when people are making comments about your your female physique and your body it's it's okay to say isn't it wonderful how women's bodies come in all shapes and sizes like and if you keep saying this with a smile people eventually like oh because when a woman is okay in herself I'll be damned if anyone tries to come for you. <laughs> like seriously, it's really doing that work on becoming and I have to do this every day. I teach this not just to adult women, not to people in perimenopause and menopause. I even teach this in schools. So oh, wow. you'd think I was really great at this body confidence thing. I I am not. 
it takes work. I still have wobbles. I still mm-hmm. feel oh, like this weekend, like what am I going to wear? And then I just sit and I have a conversation with myself and I'm kind to myself and I'm compassionate. And I'm like, somebody told you as a child, this, 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 and none of it's true because it doesn't change a thing about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. you know, do some of that internal work, get comfortable with certain phrases to have ready to mm-hmm. say, yeah, isn't it wonderful? This belly is my belly, it's my body showing me that I'm not fixed. It can change. And it did change. And now I feel different. I look different. It's okay. True, true. Because I Thank think you. we get stuck, don't we, Sam? I think we think, like, oh, yeah. my God, this is it. Now I'm done, my body. No, bodies change. Yeah, yeah, no, true. I think sometimes we forget that and we, we, we forget that self-kindness to our body because the other thing we need to remember is I know that Deepa says this a lot in, in the yoga sessions. Remember, this is a vessel you're carrying. Be proud of the vessel yes. you're carrying. Be proud of the fact that you're healthy, you're alive, your hair. Use gratitude as a tool to help you. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that you you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And it's the only one you'll have. This is the only body you have. So if you don't become best friends with it, you're doing yourself a disservice. You are not going to be on your deathbed thinking, I'm so glad I wore all those slimming outfits. I'm so glad I destroyed my metabolism by taking those pills, by taking those injections. I'm so glad I worked so hard to make myself smaller. What you will be thankful for is, I'm so glad I was true to myself, embraced my body and allowed people around me to see what real bodies look like. And I make a point of being in my underwear around my kids because I want them to see my thighs, the dimples, the cellulite, the rolls, the stretch marks. You know, um, my my little one, he's seven, he's still a bit curious. He's trying to learn about the bodies and and he like tries to point at my breasts. I'm like, yeah, mummy fed you milk with these and and they've changed and the body changes. And I always say to him, like, you be respectful to all body parts so they they get changed in privacy. But I entertain the conversation of curiosity in the home. So a lot of this is going to start within your own home, within the mirror. But like Mm -hmm. I said, I always have to talk to myself with compassion because I know I'm not fixed and it won't work for me to be unkind and it's okay for us to all be different. Yeah, the world would yeah. be really boring if we were the same with the same body. No, no, it would be boring. But also you've made me think of something actually, um, Ravni, that I know that happens with men and women. And I know you've spoken about this before. As well as being fat shamed, you can be skinny shamed. And sometimes yes. there are reasons why people are skinny and you know, they feel judged for being skinny and they're naturally skinny. They're not doing anything. It's just their body restructs. And I think it's that body judgment of when someone is skinny, you know, you hear phrases like, oh, you haven't got anything to worry about, but they could have a heart problem. They could have... Yeah, we call them skinny. We have skinny fat people. Hmm. I have high cholesterol and it's always been the case. People never never would have assumed it. Hmm. Mm, they mm. just because they look at you and they think and and that's the health inequality yeah and yeah. we have to get comfortable we have to take back the word fat people have got fat bodies our bodies do have fat and yeah. it's because we we take it back we give it the meaning and and there are bigger bodies there are fat bodies mm. and the more we as women start yeah. to embrace that take the shame away from things i think the more we'll all feel comfortable with each other so yeah talk to your peers um mm. And have that open conversation at home around all bodies are different and then look at your 
your, your internal beliefs about your body because that is what makes you so much more comfortable in responding at work. But you yeah. should, in this day and age now, all employers should have a solid menopause policy that has had a good amount of, you know, review. What do, what do we call it? Critical review. Yeah. Um, and if not, get involved in the process. If you love your employers or what, and I know you might be, people might be shy, so just get a colleague who's maybe going through something similar. If you've got mm -hmm. any forums, join the forums. There's power in women coming together. And it, it doesn't matter if men are there too, it's just power in people coming together. It's a really healing thing that we have. Humans aren't designed to work in silos. Like, we yeah, like being but... in a community, in a collective. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. One more thing that I wanted to ask you that I think is quite important, Rebelly, is around this thing around, like, I'm coming across a lot of women who tell me they don't eat properly. So either they're binge eating or they're living on ready meals, yeah. they're eating out. Um, what do you feel are some of the long-term effects on women and even possibly mums who do this? And why do you think it's essential for us to have good nutrition to make sure we are happy at work? Oh, my God. So, yeah, foods will affect your clarity, your focus. They will affect your your energy levels in the day. I remember when I was working in the office and having the 3 p.m. crash. Mm. And offices have become so synonymous with all celebrations linked to sweet treats. Yeah. So if you are well nourished, if you are eating a good uh, variety of uh, nourishing foods, it significantly reduces your cravings for things like the sugary snacks and yeah. also they have shown now that if you abstain for three days your cravings just do go down but i i'm not a fan of abstinence but it's just um, the, in the extreme situation if somebody feels that way if they can push through three days like it's hard but then it will maybe help you with managing those cravings so what it is um our cells do everything for us. Like even now, so you and I are sitting, but yeah. you know we're able to breathe. Um, yeah. My digestive system is digesting my breakfast and I, I move my hands when I'm talking. Your body is constantly changing. Your skin cells are shedding. Um, mm. Once you start recognizing, whoa, when you are having uh, those last minute meals, grabbing things on the go, again, it's to me, it may imply that you are very much in the fight or flight state, which brings more cortisol into your body. So, um, that will may potentially then disrupt your sleep. When our sleep is disrupted, our cravings are disrupted. Yeah. Your hunger and fullness signals become out of whack. But also there's a lot of um, preservatives in these foods, which will potentially mm -hmm. cause you gut issues. Um, when yeah. these cells are not getting a variety of food, and that's not perfection, we just want to get enough of good enough. Do not go okay. for perfection. Then mm. you will see your concentration, your focus improve. Like things that, that we know now, dark chocolate, walnuts, avocados, salmon, omega-3 foods. These are proven mm. to improve our ability to function. Mm. And what mm. I would say is don't assume quick has to be unhealthy. Yeah, You can use frozen vegetables, frozen foods. You can mm. uh, get an oven pizza, great, on the way back, but then grab a pack of side salad if you like. Experiment with crunchy, smooth you know, like gooey foods, like people have different textural preferences. But yeah. even if you are doing that at the moment, I would say at least give yourself five to 10 minutes of no distractions when you are eating that food. Yeah. Because it's easy when you're rushing to mm -hmm. unconsciously waft it down and not realize that you've even eaten it. Yeah, true, true. Wow. It's just mm -hmm. a mindful eating window where you're chewing and you're enjoying the pizza, the burger, whatever it is. Soon you'll mm -hmm. then start to understand 
you like I feel a bit icky after eating that burger I feel more flatulent mm-hmm. you know I notice my bowel movements are a little bit dodge don't be embarrassed to look at your bowel movements they are a really good indicator of what's going on inside yeah so yeah like a foundation of good nutrition starts from having a foundation around your nervous system deserving and knowing that you can make your health a priority work out some food yeah. and then when you eat that food on an energetic and physiological level thinking god i'm really doing my body a favor afterwards yeah. really listening to how those foods impact you you mm. literally will become the guru of your own body brilliant brilliant thank you so much for sharing all those tips and it's free people yeah. it's literally free it is yeah no but thank you thank you so much thank where can you uh, what i was going to ask you um is where can people kind of connect with you find you that kind of thing I love hanging out on Instagram, as you know. So I am at NEAT, which is N-E-E-T underscore nutrition, N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. And exclusive announcement, which I've been kind of, but I am going to do a mothers and daughters menstrual awareness. Yeah, like harnessing your hormones because... A lot of mothers want me to have a conversation with their daughters because I'm really trying to empower women from a young age to yes. work with their cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, it also means that the mums can get the the information too. But yes. I'm starting a challenge on the 3rd of July. So if you're listening to this Brilliant. in advance of that, it's a three-week challenge and it's not around depriving you or pushing yourself beyond comfort. It's about holding your hand and creating a supportive community. So find me on Instagram and I can share any details about that there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ravni. Thank you so much. I've loved talking to you so much. It's like literally flown. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Career Happiness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media or with somebody you know it will make a significant difference to. And remember, if you haven't already, please take some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.